wicked, wicked fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola, come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. Following podcast may contain adult language and an abundance of superpowers. So get ready, nerds, because we're talking about the nevers. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Um, I am Jujuju and Alex had to leave with a family uh, requirement. Uh, so I'll be hosting today awkwardly and with me is Tom. <laughs> hey Jude. Hi. How you feeling over there kiddo? Uh, you know. In the hot seat. Hot seat. Hot seat. And also with me is the love of my life, Matthew Kadish. Uh, I don't think I'm going to have that title for too much longer <laughs> if I keep making you host the show. Yeah, I really don't like hosting. Uh, so we're going to be talking about the Nevers today, Joss yeah, Whedon. Which I think would be in your wheelhouse because you're a, you're a huge Buffy fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I love Buffy. I rewatched the entire series usually once a year. Um, and uh, when I saw that this was... So when we first watched the... Um, preview for the trailer for it um i thought it looked good and then i found out it was a joss whedon production and i was very interested uh so we watched the first two episodes and i'm into it i like it what do you think um i'm into it too i'm surprised i'm surprised at how good it is mm -hmm. like you know joss has gotten kind of like a bad rap recently you know people, people coming out him. against him yeah and he, he's kind of in fact they like fired him from the show um after the first season was finished and uh off of this show off of the show yeah oh. so he's not going to be involved in future seasons oh that sucks yeah but you know he directed the first two episodes and this is you know just by watching it this is a joss whedon show through and through yeah for sure yeah um knowing but, that he's not on board for season two makes me not want to invest too much in it but you know um jane Espenson. Espenson is um you know still like a big part of the show and i think like you know like she wrote the second episode and that second episode had some of the best like dialogue I think mm -hmm. I've heard in a long time from a TV show. Yeah. And, and they collaborated a lot um, for Buffy and also yeah. for Angel. But uh, HBO has definitely walked back Joss Whedon's involvement in the show, at least in the marketing. Like you don't see him in any behind the scenes stuff. They don't, they don't mention him. That's a shame because I don't see anyone firing Tarantino off of anything. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I, I think Joss has made <laughs> Well, that's different. I think Joss has made a lot of enemies that Tarantino doesn't have. True. Um, so, but it, you know, watching this show, we did a trailer reaction to this and the trailer looked good, but the show is actually much better than the trailer made it out to be. I agree. Tom, you're not a fan of this, are you? No, no, no. I'm, I'm not a huge Joss Whedon and Buffy's fine. Um, but the, 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 the whole thing is just, it's, it's okay. Um, you know, girl power's fun. You know, it's okay. Um, it's, uh, I, I, there's obviously evil white men and the women are trying to overthrow the evil white men. That's true. But the, <laughs> but, but the most evil white man is, is, uh, the bad guy from preacher. Um, so I'm super into it just because that, cause I, cause he was so good in preacher. What, what's hair star. Yeah. Hair star. <laughs> what, 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 what's the actor's name? Anybody know? Uh, uh, the actor's name. 
Piptorns. Yes, that's yes. it. It's a weird name. He's super evil. I love his name. It's such a British name. And, yes. and, and he's so good as a bad guy. His delivery yes. is so on point. Yeah, like he's up there with Charles Dance in terms of like bad guys, like oh, actors yeah. who were just perfect bad guys. Yeah, his, com his comic timing is good. Mm -hmm. He's evil. He's apathetic. Uh, oh, he was hilarious as hair star and preacher. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, when he gets raped, it is the <laughs> funniest thing I've ever seen. He's like, well, this might as well happen. <laughs> And uh, Jude and I recently saw him in uh, the Poldark, Poldark show, show where he played a bad guy as well. I, I feel like it's a British drama. I feel like he's typecast a little bit on that yeah. one. Like he needs a branch out. You know, he's, <laughs> he's getting a little Harrison Fordy on me. And you know? uh, the girl that plays Mary, the girl that sings, she was also in ah. Poldark. I was like, is, is it, you mean broke ass Han Anne Hathaway or? How dare you? That's all I can think about the whole time. It, it's basically Anne Hathaway. No, no. That, that's the main character. I know that's Buffy. Uh, so that's Buffy. And then there's the, the 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 person that creates the inventions, and it's all very Joss Whedon. Yeah, and it's very Joss Whedon. I'm not hating on mm -hmm. it, but I'm also not a Joss Whedon nerd, so it's it's okay to me. Okay. It's okay. I'll keep watching. It's okay. So, what did you think of the first episode, Jude? I was into it. I I wanted to see where it went, and when it was over, I wished that I could marathon it. Yeah. So we're introduced to our main character, Amalia True, or Mrs. True, and her friend Penance. Who's, Molly to her friends. Yeah. Penance is the inventor lady, and then we have the uh, the rich um, woman uh, who's kind of like the patron of the orphanage for the, the lady touched. in the wheelchair. Yeah, her name is uh, Lavinia Bidlow, and uh, she has her uh, her um, brother Augie, who's okay. kind of like a wet noodle uh, in British society. That's a that's a very wet noodle name. Yeah, Augie. <laughs> Augie, and then we have uh, uh, I believe he's a lord. I could be mistaken, but Hugo Swan, yes. who's who's like the libertine, he's like the guy who's just I'm gonna fuck everything, you know, uh, type guy. My favorite character, Frank Mundy, who's the police officer. Okay. And uh, yeah, so like uh, it's basically it, it's kind of interesting because it's kind of like an almost like an X Men type show yeah. where, where all these women get superpowers and some, and some it's guys. like old timey X Men. Yeah, and uh, Victorian era. Uh, which is always very interesting. Otherwise known as old timey. Old timey, yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's a little more recent. This is set back in the day, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the show opens. The first episode opens with um, we're briefly introduced to all of our characters before whatever happened happened, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like a musical montage where we see all these people and. It wasn't until my second watch where I, I truly appreciated the opening because the first time, like, you don't know any of the characters, you don't know what's happening. And then we see uh, Amalia True basically try to kill herself by jumping into the, the Thames, I think it was. And um, then it cuts to like three years later and she's alive. And there are these people called the Touched who are people who have like these new powers that just kind of came out of nowhere. And uh, she runs an orphanage slash shelter for these people where they can come and kind of not be harassed and learn to use their powers and stuff like that. Was the school for wayward girls? Some, <laughs> something along those something lines. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the, like an orphanage, but no one's trying to adopt to adopt them. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like people put their kids up for they're just doing, they're, just doing, <laughs> they're, they're doing CrossFit in the courtyard. Yeah. yeah. And um so uh, you, you got that going on. Then there's like a serial killer named Malady mm -hmm. uh, who's also touched and they've got like a special police squad trying to track her down. And uh, then you have, you know, Lord Masson, who's the, the Pip Torn's character. And he's kind of like 
among the British upper crust, like, um, I guess, ruling class. And he sees the touched as a threat. And so he's coordinating with his other kind of like rich white guys to um, basically kind of declare war on the touched and, and uh, take them out. And so like you have all these different factions that are introduced in this first episode. And I thought it was really interesting. And then at the end, we get to see what actually happened to give people all these powers. And there was like this weird spaceship that mm-hmm. kind of came it's out like of nowhere. It's like this alien. It's like an alien robot fish. Yeah. 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 And it just kind of like jizzes out. Yep. That's about some right. Super powered sperm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whoever it hit, they got superpowers. Yeah. So like this space seed, well, it hit a bunch of people who didn't get superpowers. Yet. But um, yeah, yet. Yeah, yet. But so like Lord Masson, for instance, he was out when it was coming down. His but, daughter got hit. Yeah, and his daughter died, I, I believe. Okay. Like, like like he watched his daughter die. And so I think that's one of his motivations for being against the touched is um, that thing. But one of the interesting things is, is that as soon as the spaceship or whatever it is uh, crashes and is out of sight, everyone who witnessed it flying over forgets about it except for Malady. Mm-hmm. And so like she's the only one who actually remembers what happened to give everyone their powers. And, and she believes it was God that she saw. And um, that's part of why she's crazy. And well, the, she was already crazy. Yeah. And in this episode, we're introduced to um, this like secretive like group who are trying to kidnap the touched that uh, Amalia and Penance kind of have a run in with at the beginning of the episode. And then uh, uh, Lavinia Bidlow uh, invites them all to come to the opera because she's trying to get polite society to accept people who are touched. And so she wants to c- them to come to these you know, big events. And while they're at the opera, Malady and two of her henchmen appear and basically just like start killing a bunch of people. And we're introduced to uh, Mary, who is uh, this singer, um, performer. And it turns out that she's touched. And when she sings, she sings a song that only the touched can hear. And it fills them with like hope and, and good feelings. Yeah. And like this magic light settles on all of the touch so you know immediately like who all of the opera has these powers and it turns out augie is actually touched too yeah so there's there's several people who are in hiding of of being one of the touched yeah and and so the first episode ends with malady kidnapping mary from the opera Uh, amelia true trying to go after her to stop her they have like a bunch of fights she runs past uh, Hugo Swan, who has his dick out. Uh, he's having sex with a... Uh, he's just uh, banging bitches in yeah, the back. Yeah, he's having sex with a performer. He's just being performer. cool, man. <laughs> yeah, he's just being cool. You're like, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> his you know, dick, his choice. Yeah, you know, whatever, right? <laughs> and uh, that was pretty much the, the whole of the first episode. And I thought it was an interesting start to the series. Yeah, I think they did a good job setting up who the characters are and what their motivations are. And I was excited to get to the second episode. So we get to the second episode and some shit actually starts to happen. And we start to learn a little bit more about like who they are to each other. Yeah, and I was really impressed with the second episode. Um, I believe it was called Exposure. And uh, basically um, we get more of the characters and more of their motivation. But the thing that really struck me was how good the dialogue was yeah. in the second episode. Like there's a scene where uh, Masson is confronting Swan in like a gentleman's club, not like a strip club, but like, you know, one of those clubs. Are, a they, club for gentlemen. Yeah, a club, yeah, they, a club for gentlemen. They have a we ma- smoke ma- cigars it and have brandies. Of, it smells of rich mahogany yeah, and, and leather-bound leather books. books. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, basically, you know, he confronts him about opening up this like kind of hedonistic sex club. And is it just me or is that car going four miles an hour? Well, back in those days, that was fast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. You have to judge it in terms of how fast people can walk. That's a good point. Um, we're watching the show as uh, as we're talking about it. Um, but uh, the, the scene where uh, Masson confronts uh, uh, Lord Swan, I thought was probably one of the best written dialogue scenes I've seen in a long time, because um, Pip Torrens, like he's such a good bad guy, mm -hmm. and he and the character of Masson's just used to throwing around his weight and being intimidating, and Swan is just not having any of it. Like he's not intimidated at all, and every time like Pip kind of jabs at him. Uh, he jabs right back and and it was a great back and forth but then like at the end um masson kind of comes out on top by kind of personally attacking him about like how disappointed his dad would be in him and uh i i just like when i saw that scene i was just like so like oh man i missed this like whedon dialogue like this was such a good scene like it was probably my favorite scene in, in the episode mm. You know, I didn't particularly care for either episode too much, but the more I'm listening to you guys, the more I'm like, you know, I need to go back and watch that show. <laughs> I really like the scene um, when um, Mrs. True is trying to save Mary and it, it becomes uh, apparent that she and Malady have history. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're, you're getting to the end of the episode where basically uh, she tracks down where Mary's being held. Mm -hmm. And this whole time she's been having visions mm -hmm. of um, her fighting with Malady. Because yeah, that's that's true superpower. <clears throat> she gets flashes of the future. Yeah. So like for the last, for the first and second episode, like Malady is the, the villain uh, and uh, Mrs. True is trying to defeat her. And she goes to the opera and she's trying to like save Mary before she gets abducted and she fails and she fights with Malady and then she finds Malady and she's still trying to save Mary. And then there's this whole subplot where she kidnaps her best friend. Anyway, um, and like this whole time she's been trying to like defeat this villain and then it turns out they used to be close. Yeah, it, it was an interesting uh, re revelation. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of surprised that she didn't recognize her um, if they were like that close, even if they were younger. But I got the impression that she always knew who she was, um, but didn't know if Malady knew who she was to her. I didn't get that impression at all. But uh, one of my favorite aspects of this episode was the introduction of this character named Desiree. Uh, who uh, the hooker? Yeah, she's I like, love her. Yeah, so, so she's like a plus-sized hooker. Uh huh. But her, her oh, her character. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But her turn, which is what they call her their superpower, yeah. is mm -hmm. like this truth serum. She just has to be around you, and yeah. you just well, start well, like if, if you're, vomiting all of your feelings and emotions and what you really think. Well, well, no, like if 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 you get agitated or in in some way, uh, her turn triggers you, and you just can't stop talking, and you just start stream of consciousness, saying what's on your mind, talking about everything. And it works on both men and women. And uh, when True finds that, you know, because Desiree comes there with her kid looking for some shelter because one of her clients thinks that she knows too much and wants to kill her. Uh -huh. uh, True takes her to the police station and sets just her- just has her sit there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, basically she takes her to see uh, Mundy, the cop, and uh, gets to, 
to really learn Mundy's um, real motivation, which is that he used to be engaged to Mary. Yeah. And uh, and he genuinely wants to help save her as opposed to like, you know, just catching uh, Malady. One of the touched. Yeah. She was worried that this whole investigation was a, a, a way to like um, make it known that the touched are bad. Yeah. And it's funny because like after she sends Desiree out of, uh, of Mundy's office, Desiree's just sitting there and, and the police are just like, oh man, we got three confessions in a row. Everybody's confessing <laughs> Everybody's everything. Confessing. <laughs> I thought that was that was a really fun clever. I thought and, it was fun. And yeah. the actress that they got to play Desiree, I, I think, nailed the role like yeah. really well. Like like she she's just like She's like, yeah, this pussy's good. Yeah. <laughs> She's like kind of reluctant and doesn't even really realize what's happening. She's like, hey, I don't know what it is. These these people just tell me stuff. Well, well part part of her thing is like she she just doesn't pay attention to what people tell her, so uh, she forgets like all this. Like, she like immediately stuff. forgets all of this really important information that could destroy people, and they're all like, "Oh shit, I've told her too much. Now I have to kill her." And she's like, "I don't even know what you told me. Yeah, I don't remember." Yeah, she's like, "I just, ugh, I'm just here for the fucking." <laughs> and um, we we also get to learn more about Augie's power, which is uh, basically he can like warg into birds and stuff like that. He's a green seer. Yeah, a green seer. Yeah. Oh. Um, and he also has a bit of a love connection with Penance. Yeah, that was Be cute. Because um, basically, mm -hmm. Lavinia Bidlow, she throws like a party. And this was another great example of dialogue where, where she, she's like, you know, uh, doing nothing is how we panic, yes. <laughs> you know, uh, like, you know, rich, rich uh, society. Yeah. So oh. basically, everyone is um, reeling from this massacre that happened at the opera and the lady in the wheelchair uh says okay well let's throw a party and penance is like oh but i thought that we were all very upset about what happened at the opera aren't we panicking and then the lady in the wheelchair says this is how we panic <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um basically she throws this like little soiree at her house where she invites a bunch of people to come meet some of the girls from the orphanage mm -hmm. because she wants them to kind of like you know not be alarmed by them, get to know them. Normalize. Yeah, normalize them. Make them into party favors. Exactly. Aww. And uh, while uh, she's there, Penance kind of goes off with, with Augie and he starts kind of, you know, telling her about. And they're just having like the nicest conversation. And, and there's totally like a love match going on there where she's kind of into but him. But they're not even her. flirting or anything. No. They're just like enjoying each other's company. No, but, but like mentally, they're kind of on the same level where like they're just like fascinated by geeky stuff and yeah. they're like connecting with each other over they it. They genuinely like each other. Yeah, I think in 1890s England, that is called courting. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. Well, <laughs> well the funny thing is, is that his sister uh, Lavinia, the woman in the wheelchair, she notices this and she, she makes a big deal out of but, it. But you know, what was funny is like, it wasn't so much that, um, that penance is touched. It's that she's Irish <laughs> and, and, she, and she's like that, that we would never accept this union, especially from the Irish. Yeah. I, I she's got that, too that many marks against her. Yeah. And, and one of the interesting things about this episode is it opens up with like a new girl that we haven't seen before. Uh, she's, uh, her power is when she touches things with her bare hands, they like levitate. And uh, throughout the episode, we see her kind of like searching for the orphanage, like some type of sanctuary, because people are trying to like track her down and, and yeah, know, this her. gang that we met in the first episode that kidnapped the touched, um, they're they're kind of after her. Well, just the police in general, because after Malady's attack at the opera, they're um, cracking down on touched. Yeah, the the, the touched are kind of like public enemy number one, and so 
the entire episode, we're seeing her kind of run away from like the police and like friends betraying her and stuff like that. And then she gets kidnapped by the, 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 Fucked up face men from the first episode. <laughs> is that what we're calling them officially? Uh, fucked I, I, up face yes, men? F.U. face men. <laughs> M- mystery men was already taken. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but the, the guys with like the, the eyes weird wide faces. shut party guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, the dude from American Horror Story. Um, oh, that was the same Evan guy, Peters? right? Yeah. No, yeah. Not, not Evan Peters, the old guy. <gasps> yes. Yeah. That yeah guy. Same guy. Yeah. yeah he, he, he's the guy a, with the melted face in the first season. Yeah. He's, he's like the. Uh, like the Dr. Frankenstein. He's an American doctor who's yes. like experimenting on the touch. Oh, and Lavinia hates Americans too. She's very like British only. Well, well, it's revealed that his organization who's been like kidnapping these touch people and experimenting on them is being run by Lavinia Bidlow. Who so, also is the, the, uh, the matron, patr- pa- yeah. matron of the orphanage. Yeah. So, so she's, she's, playing, double she's playing both sides yes. of, of, of the fence here. And we're and we find out at the end of the second episode that they found the god machine that gave everyone their powers uh, buried underneath the city, and it it turned back on. Oh, and so like they're like, ooh, what does this yeah. mean? And, yeah. and 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 Lavidia, the first thing she says when she comes out is like, she's she's like, this means war. Yeah, and and she was kind of reflecting what uh, what Masson was saying in the first episode where we were attacked, uh, you know by something that gave people these powers. This is not a gift, this is a opening salvo. Um, so like, uh, I was actually really impressed with how many like, oh shit moments we got throughout this episode where you, you, you know you're, you get all these plot twists and turns. It almost feels like this would have been the stuff that you reveal in a season finale. Yeah. And, and we're getting it in episode two. Yeah, I'm really excited for this series. And if it just stays exactly where it is right now, I'll be so happy. Like, it doesn't even have to get better. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, what do you think of this episode? Uh, if we're still on the first episode, are we in the second episode? We're second on the episode. second. Uh, I don't remember the second episode as well. I was really dialed in for one. Two, I was kind of checked out by then. Um, some of the stuff you guys are talking about, uh, the, the, the machine turning itself back on, giving powers to people. There's this, uh, there's a, there's this thing in, uh, for comic books, since we've kind of been on that subject, is that... Uh, the, the earth is creating things to defend itself. And that's why you have superheroes because it's, it's actually creating them. Oh, that's interesting. So maybe this robot fish is, is, is yes, it, 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 maybe it's malevolent, maybe it's not, uh, but it's giving powers to people for a reason. Yeah. And it, it could be really interesting to see how that turns out. And there, there's also a real steampunky aspect to this oh, show. Oh, very steampunk. Really oh, God, yes, yeah. yes. Like, like, oh, yeah. like we don't have enough steampunk stuff on TV and it feels like this, this one's kind of like playing around with it. And I'm really enjoying the fact that like the two main, um, people, the, um, Prudence and Molly, like they're not overpowered. They kind of have these weird random powers, but they make do with it. And like Prudence, her power, you mean penance? sorry. Yes. Penance. Um, it's confusing charmed um penance uh her power is um like anything with electricity so she's like an inventor and she has these she's very like kind of quirky and yeah, she comes she out like with these see, different inventions she can and see stuff. electricity she can see how it like moves and like what it does yeah and she's able to build stuff around that. yeah but like they've been in the middle of like fights and battles and stuff and she's not good at that like she's <laughs> just like hey i'm just the in- inventor uh so i'm mean, like really digging like that uh, realistic aspect to it, like um, Mrs. True is like the fighter 
and she has like flashes of what can happen, but they don't always make sense and she has to kind of figure it out. Are there any TV shows that are very similar to this construct that you can think of in your head, just right off, right off the top of your head? X-Men? I was thinking of Buffy, but yeah, yeah, very similar. <laughs> very similar. You don't say. You don't made, made by the exact same people. Yeah, you don't say. Well, there's only like 12 different things that you can make content out of, so. I beg to differ. But I, I'm digging the Victorian era. Yes. I'm digging yeah, the, the steampunky vibe. I like this superhero aspect to it. Like it, it feels like Joss Whedon just took as many cool things as he could think of and just threw them into this pot. Yeah. And uh, and the characters. He's like, I'm I'm really in the middle of a shitstorm right now. I gotta produce something really great. Well, all the characters in the show are actually really good. In fact, it reminds me kind of like what he was trying to do with Dollhouse. That he couldn't do on like network television. It was much yeah. more. It was much more I, adult, much darker. I really liked Dollhouse, but it was a bit of a mess. But I, I stuck with it till the end. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that it was a Fox mm -hmm. thing, because um, Fox just like messing up Joss's shows. They, yeah, Firefly. They, yeah, they, they they tanked Firefly and all that stuff. Um, but uh, this show feels like you know the chains are kind of off, and uh, he's set up like a really great cast of characters, and. Um, it's a, like a really cool scenario. And it's really open. Yeah. Like we, you could be surprised down the road with a million different things and that's always a good option. Well, yeah. well e even in, so like you just said, like after two episodes, I feel like we've already gotten so many like freaking plot twists and reveals yeah. and stuff like that. And we also know who everybody is. Yeah. And one of the interesting things is, is like the trailer for the next episode, because one of the things that they wanted to do when they rescued Mary was have her use her song to attract more people to the sanctuary. Right. But Mary, at least in the trailer, she, she's like, I'm not sure I want to do that because I don't trust anything that's going on here. And you have that uh, Bidlow, Lavidia Bidlow kind of like thing where like, you know, she's not on the level. She's got like other plans that aren't humanistic for, you know, this orphanage. So like there's so much like drama left to be mined in the show. Mm -hmm. I'm like really like excited to see like I where I think it goes. Lavinia is just really pissed off that she's in a wheelchair. Could be. Or it could just be that she's... What if she's like Professor X? You don't even know. Actually, she's probably more like Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Tom, what would you give the first two episodes in terms of a rating? Uh, it's a three for me. It's not bad. It's not It's not super good yet. Um, I'm going to keep watching. And just be, Honestly, you guys kind of motivated me to really want to turn off my cynical brain and go back and watch it one more time uh, and just really try to enjoy it for what it is. Uh, so I'm going to give it another shot and uh, I give it a three for now, but, uh, you're right. There's a lot of potential in this show. It, it, it could be a lot of fun if it keeps in the same direction. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Jude, what did you think? I am hopeful. I'm really enjoying it. It's been a while since, um, I've, I've gotten some good Joss Whedon content <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's been a while. Like I love Buffy so much and I rewatch it all the time you because do. there isn't anything like that. Um, so I'm excited for for what this can be. I'm hoping that it either stays where stays where it's at or gets even better. So I'm I'm excited and I'm hopeful and I'm giving it a four because I hope it has room to grow. Well, you know it's it's funny because our co-host Alex, uh, when he watched the show, he felt that it was very preachy. It was all like you know he did say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he I, talked about how like it was very a big much agree. Yeah, big oh, feminist yeah. message and stuff like that. But in my opinion. Gotta so, smash that patriarchy. <laughs> well, I mean, in Victorian era, like there was that, you know, gender divide Women's and, suffrage. and class divide and stuff like that. And so like, I feel like a lot of the messaging isn't 
like it's period appropriate, you know, like where women are struggling to be accepted and minorities are struggling to be accepted and stuff like that, because that was just how that time period was. So I didn't look at it as preachy. I just looked at it as appropriate. Um, But overall, like I was very impressed with the dialogue. I was very impressed with the characters. Uh, I loved all the plot twists that we got in episode two. And I'm really looking forward to seeing where it's going. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I think it's about a four star series yeah. so far. And uh, I really want to see where it goes. Me too. Uh, the, uh, the guy from American Horror Story, Dennis O'Hare. Dennis I had, O'Hare. I had yeah. to look it up. It was bothering me. Yeah, he's a great actor. Like he's one of those act- character actors. He, he's in so many different things and he just disappears into the role. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our review of the first two episodes of The Nevers. So uh, if you have any opinions that you want to talk about, if we miss something, pop it in the comments. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And as always, stay salty. Where can we find you, Thomas? Uh, if you really want to look me up, I'm on Instagram. You can see me on there, Big T2681. Uh, give me a like. Say hello. Yeah, if you're into bowling, Tom really wants to start a bowling. I need, league. I need, I need bowlers. Of, <laughs> is that his turn? He's just yeah. a yeah. bowling guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's I, a super bowler. Yeah, I, I don't. No, no, no. I'm he's a, an okay bowler. I'm, I'm an above average bowler. <laughs> it's above average. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that is true, though. If anybody wants to bowl with me, I mean. <laughs> and Matthew, where can we find you? You can find me at Matthew Kadish, K A D I S H, on Twitter. And kadishbooks.com will take you to my Amazon page. And you can find me at I am Juju on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And stay salty out there.